Welcome to Our Village Circle, a podcast centered around authentic sharing, honest storytelling, and elevating the voices of parents and professionals alike to demystify the realities of new parenthood. We understand on a visceral level that with the joy of your new human also comes every other emotion under the sun. We want you to feel seen, heard, known, and held in this life-altering stage. We wholeheartedly believe that everyone's story has something powerful to offer others as they navigate their own journey. Hello, everyone. We made it. Welcome to the final episode of season two of the Our Village Circle podcast. I'm your host, Jaylee Turner, and you might hear my almost one-year-old son, Alan, in the background. If you joined us last time, you heard the story of my pregnancy with him and how early labor unfolded. Where we left off, we had just arrived at the freestanding birth center we chose to receive our care from, and today... We'll continue with that story, the birth of my youngest son, Alan, and our postpartum experience under the care of midwives. We'll be back after this brief message from today's sponsor. I wanted to take a minute to talk to you all about two of my favorite products in the early days, the Kindred Bravely Pumping and Nursing Bras combined with the Willow Pump. The Willow has very quickly become my default pump. I've worn it driving in my car, teaching a yoga class, cooking dinner, doing my hair and makeup backstage at the Kennedy Center. One time I actually pumped milk while I was performing on stage. I have even pumped milk laying down and taking a nap, believe it or not. I truly credit the Willow Pump for how enjoyable my second breastfeeding experience has been, and it's had a huge positive impact on my mental health. Willow is on a mission to modernize motherhood. The Willow Pump is the world's first all-in-one wearable breast pump that fits into your bra, giving you the freedom to pump wherever life takes you. Everything you need to pump is inside with no cords, long tubes, or dangling bottles to hold you back. Thanks to their no-spill technology, Willow is the only wearable breast pump that can be used in any position without milk leaking. With only four parts to assemble and just two to clean, plus an app that tracks your volume in real time, you can build your life around your purpose and passion, not your pumping schedule. I could probably do an entire podcast about how much I love my Willow Pump, but if you'd like to experience the difference yourself, simply shop using the link in our show notes. And what has helped me make pumping with the Willow seamless? Kindred Bravely's collection of nursing and pumping bras. Now, you don't need to change bras every time you hook up to a pump. Not only does the Willow Pump fit perfectly into their collection of nursing and pumping bras, they also convert to accommodate a traditional pump. So, getting milk to your baby is seamless, regardless of your breastfeeding journey. With a baby and a toddler, ain't nobody got time for the shuffle of changing bras for every situation. Kindred Bravely has it all and is ready to share the benefits with our Village Circle listeners with a special discount. Simply visit www.kindredbravely.com slash ourvillagecircle for 20% off your first purchase. Kindred Bravely has two missions, creating beautiful, comfortable, and useful clothing 
and building a community of moms who support, encourage, and celebrate each other. There is rarely a day where I am not sporting something from Kindred Bravely. I love this company, and I'm so excited to be able to make it easier for you all to try them too. Again, the link is www.kindredbravely.com slash ourvillagecircle for 20% off your first purchase. Now, back to our episode. When we finally pulled into the parking lot of the birth center, it was around 12 p.m. I know this because my husband Chris sent a text to our doula after we arrived at the birth center that just said, very labor. As we pulled into the birth center, Leanne, the midwife, was just pulling in as well in her van. And by this point, I was just drenched in sweat. I was shaking. I needed help, but I had no idea what I needed. And Leanne came straight to our car to see how I was doing. And all I could get out was just this like pathetic whimper. I was like, help. And Leanne was so sweet and empathetic and super nurturing. She was like, yeah, I know this just doesn't feel good, does it? And it was, you know, just validating what I was feeling which was what I needed. She went and she unlocked the birth center. She went straight to work in getting the room that we had chosen together. It was called the Aspen Room and it was just this beautiful room. It had a really big canvas picture of an Aspen tree and the whole room had a very cabiny, retreat, earthy kind of feel, which is very much my husband and my vibe as people. So as she was getting the room together, I leaned on the front desk in the waiting room and I just continued to work my way through contractions. And at this point, I began to feel really nauseous. Leanne went to go get Emesis bags, which are the little like bags they give you in the hospital to throw up in. They have some at the birth center too. But she also reassured me that if I threw up on the floor, it was okay. And she did that constantly. She was just like, you know, if you make a mess, if you throw up on the floor, if you pee on the floor, whatever, like it's okay. She really made me feel like anything was safe, which was great. Chris went behind the desk and found a small trash can and brought it to me. I didn't end up needing it because it was time to move into the room. And I was just having intense back-to-back contractions at this point. By the time we got into the Aspen room, it was 12, 18 p.m., And as soon as we crossed into the room, I felt another giant wave coming and I just braced myself on the mantle of the fireplace. Leanne went about just asking necessary questions. She's charting, she's taking my vitals. And even while I'm in the throes of labor, she takes the time to ask my permission before taking any of my vitals. She's like, is it okay if I take your temperature? Is it okay if I take your blood pressure? Is it okay if I check your pulse. And of course, always the answer was yes, but I appreciated her asking. And when she went to take my blood pressure, it was the most normal it had been my entire pregnancy. It was 110 over 60, which after seeing a lot of borderline readings, it was really reassuring to see that. As soon as we made it into the Aspen room, my body just kind of knew that it could let go. And I could tell that I was progressing really fast at this point because I had been moaning and then it just turned to basically wailing. The pitch rose. I began banging on the wall to cope. And I was making these sounds that I could really only define as transition sounds. Like they're sounds that as a birth doula, I have heard my clients make when they're at that eight to 10 centimeter mark and when a baby is about to be born. And Chris kind of knew too, because I made similar sounds when I was in labor with my first. And so he looked at Leanne, 
He let her know I wanted a water birth and that we should probably get the tub filled now. And she knew things were moving fast too. So she got straight to it. And I continued laboring by the fireplace while she filled the tub. And while she was filling the tub, she's charting. She's taking my vitals. She's supporting me through contractions. The birth assistant and the doula had not arrived yet because everything was just going so fast. At one point, she even came over to give me a hip squeeze, which was everything. I just don't even know how she was able to do it all. Amy, our doula, lived about 15 minutes further away than us. So she was almost there, but not quite. And when the tub was full, I began to make my way there with Chris and Leanne's help. With each step, I felt more pressure and I began to wonder if I was going to make it to the tub. That's how fast things were moving. That's how much pressure I was feeling. And when I made it to right beside the tub, I had the sudden urge to pee, just like I did when I was in labor with George. And Leanne encouraged me to pee right then and there on the floor which is not something that had happened when I was in the hospital. When that happened in the hospital, the nurses were like, okay, I'll bring you a bedpan. Okay, pee right now. In this case, Leanne just encouraged me to pee on the floor right then and there. And so I knew that my bladder needed to release to let the baby out. So I just did it. I peed all over the floor. I was wearing a pad because I my water had broken and I had been bleeding a little bit. So... Not so much pee got on the floor, but just as with my first birth, that was all that was needed to finish the transition stage. And I immediately felt something shift and the noises that began to exit my body changed. I was no longer moaning. I was no longer screaming. I was roaring. And the contractions at this point were so close together that I was actually scared that I may not be able to step into the tub in between them. But we managed and I did make it into the tub. And as soon as I entered the tub, which by the way, was like the perfect temperature, it was almost like a silence ensued in my body. And then all of a sudden my contractions had a huge lull. And I had been here before. I knew exactly what this was. This was the eye of the storm, if you will. It was the break before the hard work of pushing begins. Last time it had happened before I went through transition, but this time it happened after I went through transition, which I found interesting. During this time, I suddenly became extremely nauseous and I knew I was going to be sick. And I was so consumed by everything that was happening that all I could get out was the word vomit. (laughs) I literally just said vomit. And what felt like seconds later, Chris was by my side with an emesis bag, which I enthusiastically filled with everything I had eaten that day, which was pretty much frozen watermelon. And I remember just the smell and having vomit on my face, which Chris wiped off with a warm washcloth. As a vomit phobe, The fact that this event was barely a blip on the radar speaks to how intense labor is. In my doula training, I had been told and often seen vomiting mark the beginning of transition. And so I was sure at this point I had already been through transition and I was surprised by the fact that I was vomiting. And all I could think was, wait, that wasn't transition? How the hell much worse is this going to get? But all that came out of my mouth was, I can't do this. And I just, I had an inner knowing of what was coming next. When the contraction started back up again, there was a very, very clear direction that there 
energy was heading down and out. And since it was the weekend, no one was in the waiting room or any of the exam rooms. It was just me and it was Chris and Leanne. And so I just made the sounds I needed to do to get my baby out. I roared and I roared and I roared and... It felt as though I was roaring out years of angst. It actually felt really cathartic to do so. I tried to find a tolerable position in the tub. Chris jumped into the tub with me to help maneuver me because I was really struggling to move around at this point. At first, I was kneeling over the edge of the tub. I tried sitting. I tried all fours. And it was just apparent that I was not going to be comfortable. And I really let it out anytime a contraction came. I did not hold back. When I had an unmedicated labor with my first, I was in a hospital setting. And I was actually shushed by my nurses and by my midwife. So it actually felt really good to not feel like I had to hold back. I began to feel his head descending. And I started feeling the urge to push with each contraction. And I wasn't sure if I was shitting with each push, but honestly, I did not care. I knew that poop was the least of anyone's concerns. As I was pushing, I heard Amy, our doula, come in. And so now everyone who I cared about being there was present. And my body knew that too. As soon as she came in, she applied pressure to my sacrum, which just helped so much as my baby was descending to the point where when she missed a contraction to take off her watch, I was yelling for her to get back there. And at a certain point, I began to feel the need to try another position for pushing and everyone helped me get to a seated position. It really wasn't the most comfortable thing. My legs began cramping up. Amy massaged them. The sensation of his head descending was unmistakable, but I had no idea how much longer I was going to be pushing, and I was really afraid if it happened too fast that I would end up with terrible pelvic floor trauma like I did the first time. And internally, I felt like I was very much reckoning with that fear through my pushing stage. So in between contractions, as he began to crown, I instinctively began to pant, a lot like you see in portrayals of those Lamaze birth classes the (laughs) and I heard Leanne my midwife say "Mm, slight parting of the labia normal with crowning would you like to reach down and see if you can feel anything and I felt nervous to do so partially because the sensation of everything happening was so intense and partially because although I was physically supported very well by Chris and Amy It felt like if I moved one of my arms from the edge of the tub that I would just float away. So it was a very deep tub. I I did reach down for a moment, but I did not feel anything yet. And I felt like I needed to bring my arm back to support myself. At this point, the contractions were further apart than they were in the transition phase, which is normal for pushing. And each contraction was accompanied by this roaring sound. And I remember wondering how long it was going to last I was 100% sure that my labia was tearing to the point where at one point during pushing, I actually screamed, holy shit, my labia. I heard Leanne say, nice, gentle crown. Would you like to reach down and touch your baby's head? And just calm as could be. And Amy and Chris assured me that they had me. And so I reached down to feel his head and it was so cool. It was soft. It was malleable. It was a full head of hair. And I gasped and smiled and said, hi, baby. And it really gave me the strength and the determination that I needed to keep going. And I just remember feeling so full of love at that point. It was very much a time of in-between. Like my baby was partially earth side partially 
still gestating in my body and it was really surreal. I felt literally between worlds and I knew at this point the only way out was through and so in between each contraction I simply let go of any thoughts I was having in the moment, let go of the contraction that had come before to try to just give myself any inkling of space that I needed for rest and I knew there wasn't long left. Chris whispered in my ear that he had a full head of hair and I think I said, of course he does. And I was smiling. And since I was able to touch his head, I was also able to maneuver it away from my labia to ease that intense stretching sensation that I had been feeling. And I did my best to allow each sensation to just happen and not resist anything. And I continued to stroke my baby's hair and speak to him in between contractions and feeling his head with my own hand while I was pushing him out really grounded me and it steadied my mind and it really streamlined my focus. So with each push, I moved to a kneeling position and then in between each contraction, I reclined to rest. And I had expressed to my birth team during pregnancy that I may need a little more emotional support through pushing due to trauma from my previous birth. And I could hear everyone around me giving me really gentle encouragement and reminding me that I was safe and that I had this. And with each contraction, I had a giant cramp in my thigh, which hurt worse than the contraction, actually. Amy was massaging my leg. And each time I had a contraction, I wondered if this was going to be the one that births his head. And it was really cool to know that I was the only person who had ever touched him. And feeling like I was able to comfort him, it was it felt magical. And I felt like I was really able to let go of a lot of the fear-based thinking that I was having about my pelvic floor. And I was able to just push with each urge. And finally, his head emerged. And after his head was born, there was a pause. And I rested my head onto the back edge of the tub. I closed my eyes. I kept my hand on his head. And I knew that with the next urge to push would come my baby and so I just took this final moment for myself to get a big rest in and everyone in the room honored the silence and although there was more space in between contractions this was by far the longest pause in between and I knew that this last one would take all of my might and I took every last second of that time in between to completely rest after a while Leanne kind of gently prodded me asking if I was feeling anything. I shook my head no. I continued to rest and the pause continued and I continued letting go. And Leanne asked again if I was feeling anything. I shook my head no again and I just continued to rest. And the pause continued. I think I might have even fallen asleep for a moment actually. And Leanne prodded one more time, asking if I was feeling anything, and just mentioned that it would need to be soon. She asked if I wanted to catch my baby. I I wasn't sure if I could. I felt like I was going to float away a little bit, even though I was supported by my husband and my doula. Being in water, it just felt like I, I didn't have that stability. And despite Leanne's calm voice, I did sense a slight urgency from her, and I was reminded a little bit of the urgency from my midwife from my first birth as I was pushing. But that time there had been a really big emergency which made it imperative for him to come out as quickly as possible. And so that midwife was not so gentle about it. Leanne's voice was still very gentle. But just as my mind was beginning to go down the rabbit hole, here came the final contraction and I rode it 
all the way in. I got out of the way and I just allowed my body to birth my baby. And I felt the unmistakable slivering, slipping, sliding of his torso just exiting my body. It was like a fish being freed into water after being on shore. Uh, I had a giant sigh of relief circumvented with multiple people saying, reach down and bring up your baby. And Leanne guided him to my hands and then I brought him up from the water. And it was just the coolest thing. Chris was behind me and he kind of cradled me as I cradled our new son and we were just taking him in. And I just remember simply staring at him and then looking up at Amy and Leanne exclaiming, what? Oh my God. And like could not believe it. I couldn't believe that I had done it. And this really was the culmination of three years of dreaming about this kind of birth. And I had done a really good job of convincing myself that it truly didn't exist and that it wasn't possible for me, but it had just happened. And somehow, despite a tough pregnancy and plenty of scares toward the end, I had carried my baby to full term. I had trusted my gut. I had advocated for myself every step of the way. I had gone into labor on my own. I had fueled myself. I'd moved around. I'd worked my baby out in the way that he needed to come without interruption. And here he was. My beautiful, healthy, pink, chunky, perfect baby was in my arms. My husband was right there behind me getting to experience those first moments with him too from the same vantage point. And there we sat, the three of us in the birth tub, just taking in this little miracle who wasn't even aware that he was born yet because he was still in the water his body was submerged and his head was out of the water and we just watched his little womb movements and his little facial expressions he had this little wrinkled forehead and then we watched his eyes open to the world for the very first time and he just looked around silent peaceful it almost looked as though like the world was familiar to him like he had been here before and he looked at us and we looked at him and it was just this beautiful silence and wonder and it actually wasn't until a few minutes after he was born that he even let out his first cry and it was just this little whimper almost a formality of like oh yeah i'm alive rather than the screaming that you often hear in a land birth as we call them And I I really think that the gentle transition through the water was comforting for all of us. I have no idea how long we sat in the tub. We were just basking in the moment and Amy, our doula, uh, caught my gaze. She had been supporting me through my whole pregnancy. She knew my first birth story and she was just beaming at me. And she knew how much this birth meant to me. And she knew how much doubt I had over my ability to have it. And she just looked at me and she said, you did it. You really did it. I couldn't believe it. Amy took some pictures of us in the tub, which are some of my favorite pictures ever. And then we went on to have our golden hours. Leanne reassured me that if I began to feel some more pushing urges to go with them, because that was my body birthing my placenta. Eventually, we decided to get out of the tub. And I forgot how awkward it is to maneuver pretty much any kind of motion in the immediate post-birth time. Standing up took all of my strength. My abs felt this really familiar, tired, wobbly feeling, and I couldn't figure out how to navigate holding my baby and getting out of the tub, which was super deep. And despite Amy and Chris telling me that they had the baby and I could let go, I just like couldn't bring myself to let go of him. Uh, My placenta was still in my body and Alan was still attached to his cord. 
I needed a lot of help getting out of the tub and it was a bit of an awkward maneuver, but we did it. We got us to the bed. Amy and Leanne propped me up on pillows and helped us get comfortable and dry. And I tried to let him do the breast crawl and he found my nipple, but then he had a bit of difficulty latching on his own. So Amy helped me to get him latched. It seemed like he had a tight lower jaw and lower lip and I found it kind of difficult to move in any way. I just felt really awkward. And anytime I needed to maneuver myself, Amy assured me she had Alan so that I could use my arms to like push myself up or get around. But my arms couldn't seem to let go of him. And it took me a really long time to realize that I was still in my wet clothes from the tub. Everything had gone so fast that I just kept all my clothes on when I got in the tub. (laughs) So Amy helped me to remove them so that I wouldn't be so cold. Just like the first time. I could not stop saying, oh, my vag hurts. I'm pretty sure I have a tear. And so Leanne assured me that she would check after the placenta was born. And she encouraged me whenever I began to have contractions again to push with them and allow the placenta to be born. And about 30 minutes after Alan was born, I did begin to feel that urge to bear down and out came my placenta with no assistance. I did not have any Pitocin in the leg or anything like that, which was not the original plan. We were actually planning to have active management of the third stage of labor because we were both nervous. Last time I had had a great deal of bleeding and this time there was just not nearly as much and everything stayed within the normal range. And so after I birthed the placenta, it was placed into a bowl and the cord was still attached to Alan and we began the process of assessing my vag. Leanne cleaned me with a peri bottle and she examined the area. Very much to my surprise, I had no tearing. She called it a skid mark on my perineum, but man, it hurt. But I did not need any stitches at all. All my vitals were good. All of baby's vitals were great. Amy made sure I was set up with a juice and Chris made sure that we were set up with some snacks. We had some more frozen watermelon and peanut butter and crackers, which like not the most hearty meal after the marathon my body just went through, but it was fine. Alan nursed for almost two hours straight after he was born and he pooped a lot all over me. He was not wearing a diaper yet. I had a blanket over him, so we didn't notice until much later, but we were happy to know his digestive system worked. We were given a period of privacy, and I let my birth team know that all I wanted before I went home was a nap and a shower, because those were two things that I wasn't sure I would get consistently once I got home. And they were more than happy to oblige. They showed us how to co-sleep safely and they encouraged us to take a nap in the beautiful queen-sized bed with the baby, which is so different from our hospital experience. I was tired and I wanted to nap, but I was also so full of adrenaline from what had just happened. So I just rested with my eyes closed. I don't think I actually slept, I but it was fine. We didn't clamp his cord until two hours after he was born and all the blood had made its way into Alan from the placenta. And we took some really cute pictures of him attached to his placenta. And then our midwife gave us a tour of the placenta. Ours had an extra lobe, which I'm not sure if there's really any significance to that, but it was cool to see. Corinne, our birth assistant, Arrived about 15 minutes after he was born, by the way. She lived a little further and things moved so fast. She just made it after the birth. But we met her. She clamped the cord and I nursed Alan while we attempted to do 
a cord burning ceremony. This was something I had seen online and it's where the cord is pulled so it's taut. And then the parents burn the cord together with candles and then we keep the drippings from the wax. It makes like a work of art, but it didn't really work out for us. The candles went out after about five seconds. So then Chris just cut the cord, but it did make for some laughs. (laughs) About three hours after Alan was born, Leanne and Corinne, the birth assistant, came in to do the newborn exam. And this was the moment of truth where we would learn how much he weighed We already knew just from looking at him that he was much bigger than George, who was six pounds and 15 ounces. But we were still guessing that he was in the mid seven pounds to low eight pound range. And even our midwife, who claims to be very good at guessing these things, guessed about the same weight. So Leanne used the traditional midwife sling to weigh the baby. And it was really cute because his little feet just hung out of the sling. And that was all we could see were just these little baby feet. And much to everyone's surprise, he weighed 8 pounds and 14 ounces. He was almost 9 pounds. And I could not believe it. I could not only not believe that he was almost 9 pounds... I also couldn't believe that my body had birthed him so quickly with no tearing. I felt like a complete badass and I was super proud of my body for carrying this baby to term, completing a pregnancy and just making and birthing such a beautiful, big, healthy boy. Yeah, that was really cool. Eventually we decided it was time for me to get up and shower because I was covered in baby poop. Alan had repeatedly pooped on me during the couple of hours that he was nursing. So Leanne helped me to the shower and she also let me know that it was important for me to empty my bladder. And again, she told me to feel free to do so in the shower and to ask for help whenever I needed it. And she stressed the importance of me having help walking around in those initial hours. And although my bleeding was so little and within the normal range, it's still so alarming to me how much blood there is in those initial weeks. And especially when breastfeeding, like the gushing that happens when your uterus contracts. I forgot about that part from my first and it happened again with my second. Another thing too that I remember is that the after pains, the cramping was just a lot more intense with the second baby than the first We spent much of the afternoon processing the birth experience and the timeline of everything with everyone who was there. And we also were planning our giant sushi order that we were going to pick up on the way home that day. Leanne and Amy stayed with us to go over details, timeline, talk about whatever. And one thing I very much remember is that our birth team was so incredibly humble. I remember Leanne, Amy, and Corinne just repeatedly thanking us for allowing them the privilege to be part of our birth experience. And that was something I had not experienced before. And I felt privileged to have them care for us. So that humility and that respect was very, very mutual. Throughout those Hours in the afternoon, Corinne, the birth assistant, took my vitals and she went over care instructions with us. And at one point she had to take my respiration rate and she was super impressed by how slow my breathing was. And then I let her in on the fact that I'm a professional singer and she shared with me that she's a musician as well. So that was cool. I got to learn a little bit about my birth team as people outside of birth workers. Uh, I just remember... The entire afternoon felt so incredibly casual. 
And Chris's family was texting and asking for pictures of the baby. And Chris was being really silly and just sending pictures of body parts. So he would send a picture of his ear. And then he'd send a picture of a pinky toe and a mouth. But he would never send pictures of the whole baby. And it was frustrating for them, but funny for us. We decided in that moment to ask Chris's mom if she would stay overnight, even though that hadn't been our original plan. And she actually told us that she had prepared to stay the whole week. So... That was a relief, and eventually we decided we were ready to begin heading home. And this was only a few hours after our baby was born, surprisingly, so Chris put in our sushi order. We got Alan in his little cute going home outfit. I got dressed. We took some pictures together out front as a family and with our birth team, and it was cool. The whole day just felt like a giant celebration, and then my midwife and the birth assistant saw us to the car and off we went. And it was 1236 when Alan was born and we were heading out of the birth center at 7 p.m. on the same day. We stopped by our favorite sushi place called Matsu on the way home to pick up our order. Obviously, I stayed in the car while Chris went in and then home we went. We just kept looking at each other and commenting about how weird it was that I had been pregnant that morning and now we were heading home with a healthy, happy baby, just in time to say goodnight to our toddler. It was just surreal. So we arrived home around 7.45 p.m. and Chris's mom, Brenda, greeted us at the door. I do remember just looking at her and saying, we have two kids now. And the whole thing was just so bizarre. I had been instructed and expected to be eating sushi in bed and having all of my meals delivered to me there. But Chris and Brenda set up the sushi at the dining table and I didn't really feel confident enough to whine about it. So I just kind of went along and we ate sushi at the dining table. <laughs> I'm like sitting on a, like an ice pack, kind of sucking it up. And we left Alan who was sleeping at the time in his car seat. We showed him to George, but we did not force anything. We didn't force him to hold him. We didn't force him to say hi or whatever. Like a cat, we just let him sniff it out and sniff it out he did for about three months. At one point during dinner, I had to feed Alan and I had to leave the table. And I remember nursing Alan in the living room and watching Chris and Brenda on the other side of the room eating sushi and wishing that I was eating sushi. I had a split second where I really remembered the isolation that I often felt as a new mom with George. And I wondered if it would be that way again. It was a very, just a blip of a moment because Chris brought me some sushi very quickly. One of the best parts of coming home that day was getting to cuddle George and let him sit on my lap for the first time in months. I had just been so big and in so much pain. I couldn't have George sit on my lap there was just no space and I just missed it so much so that was actually one of the coolest moments of the day was getting to cuddle my son for the first time in months so after we ate dinner Chris's mom put George to bed and we were really not far behind at all we got to sleep in our own bed undisturbed which was the most amazing thing Regardless of the fact that I didn't really sleep because I was still full of adrenaline, it was awesome to be undisturbed and in my own environment. I didn't think I was going to like going home so soon after giving birth, but it turned out that that was actually my favorite thing about the whole process. There was just nothing like being in my own bed and in my own environment without 
someone knocking on the door every two hours to take vitals or disturb us and ask for something like a birth certificate form or a hearing test or whatnot. Another thing that was absolutely incredible was the fact that I did not have to triple feed this time. I had actually began expressing colostrum at 33 weeks pregnant because my body just started making milk really early. So I had a bunch of milk in the freezer for if any supplementation was going to happen, but my milk came in within less than 24 hours and I already had a ton of colostrum when Alan was born. So I got the experience of being able to just nurse on demand rather than on a regimented schedule or have to pump or anything. And It completely transformed my attitude toward breastfeeding. The first time I remember just feeling really oppressed by it, really exhausted, not really liking it, but being so stubborn that I carried it through all the way to a year. And then pretty much right after my son turned one, I stopped breastfeeding. But this time I've really loved breastfeeding. And I could see myself doing this for a very long time. It's just a totally different experience. It was just my favorite day. The whole day. It was my favorite day. So we slept and then the next day Leanne texted me and she came over to our house to do our follow-up visit and she did his newborn screening. She took some more vitals for both of us. She checked my bleeding, checked my blood pressure, which amazing. We did a little more birth debrief. She answered a lot of questions. She gave us the timeline of my labor, which was as follows. I had my first early labor contraction at 6:30 in the morning. My water broke at 10:45 a.m. and active labor began at 11:05 a.m. We left for the birth center at 11:30 a.m. and we arrived at the birth center at noon. We entered the Aspen room at 12.18 p.m. and I was very much in transition at this point, so only an hour and a half after I went into active labor. I began pushing at 12.30 and her baby was born six minutes later at 12.36 p.m. His placenta was born half an hour later at 1.05 p.m. and we cut his cord at 3.05 p.m. And we were out of the birth center by 7.45 p.m., so all in a day's work. She reassured us that the midwives were available for us, for both my baby and me, for questions of any sort. And I was in my own bed while all of this was happening. We didn't have to go see a pediatrician until Alan was eight weeks old because the midwives took care of all of the infant care through six weeks. So that was also amazing because we didn't have to leave our house to go see a pediatrician. And we did utilize the midwives a lot, as well as our postpartum doula, Alexis, who you all heard from in season one of this podcast. She ended up being our postpartum doula. She was incredible. We also utilized a lactation consultant when Alan seemed at one point to not be transferring milk, despite the fact that I had oversupply. And when he started getting jaundice and when my nipples cracked and he ended up spitting blood from my nipples and that was kind of scary. We utilized the midwives when I got mastitis at 10 days postpartum, which was terrible. We utilized the midwives when I had heightened anxiety at six weeks postpartum and we immediately adjusted my meds and... We had a little debrief because I was really grieving our life as a family of three and I was struggling to find balance with two kids and I was feeling a lot of guilt over not feeling like I could give my toddler the attention that I wanted to. So 
the team of midwives were all there for me whenever I had questions about the birth, whenever I had questions about anything, whenever I had fears or concerns. And I was just really, really grateful for their care through that entire childbearing year. And it was a really happy and healthy postpartum, which was a stark contrast from my first we just had so much support this time. Chris's mom stayed with us for the entire first week. Alexis was there with us for the first two weeks, and she's an incredible postpartum doula. I had meal prepped broth lasagnas and stews and soups and quiches and breakfast burritos, and I had organized everything, and I felt like I had really set myself up well for this postpartum, and Alexis still found ways in which she could help us and she was amazing our birth doula came by with my encapsulated placenta a few days later a lot of our friends gifted us with food gift cards and deliveries and they checked in on us really regularly a few weeks in alan and i both received chiropractic care two weeks postpartum i received a postnatal massage and i really had the benefit this time being a birth worker, being hooked into the birth community. Because I had all of these resources available at my fingertips, literally just a text message away. And yeah, it was just a wonderful experience this time. And Alan was an incredibly easy baby, fantastic sleeper. He gained weight quickly and easily. It was just such a healing experience. It restored my trust in myself, in my body, in my ability to mother, in my ability to advocate for myself, just everything. It was just so different. And I have to say, after my first experience, it meant a lot more to have a positive experience. And it felt like a lot of things really came full circle for us. And I'm just really grateful for everyone who was a part of this journey that's it, y'all. That's a wrap on season two of the Our Village Circle podcast. I appreciate everyone who has listened, who's liked and followed us on social media, and who has shared this podcast with someone who they felt might benefit from it. We've got some amazing developments in place for season three of this podcast, so be sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Village Circle our Facebook page at Our Village Circle and our website www.ourvillagecircle.com to hear the latest updates on when you can expect season three to come out. I'm so appreciative to all of our guests who have joined us this season to share their stories, their expertise, and just a real look at what the childbearing time can look like. Our guests and our listeners are what make this community what it is. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you like what you hear, feel free to follow, like, and share this podcast with anyone you feel may benefit. We have a great community on Instagram and Facebook at Our Village Circle, and our website is www.ourvillagecircle.com. Until next time, bye-bye.